the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I'm joined by my guest host, the lovely Ramon B. How are you, Ramon? I'm fantastic. How are things going for you fantastic. this fine day? Fantastic. It's easier that way. Now, we have a caller. Exciting. Uh, we like to call him a victim, I mean volunteer, uh, Zach. Zach, are you on the line? I'm here. Yep. Thank goodness. Now, Zach, uh, you're the biggest name in real estate, Zachary Himmelberger. Yep, 12 letters. Mm -hmm. If you go to Five Guys and you order the Himmelberger, what does it have on it? Everything. (laughs) It's got a little everything. It's like a bagel, everything bagel. Now, you know this. We always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. These are actual headlines. On paper, so you know it's real. We're not faking it. Uh, experts, you love the experts, don't you? I Ramon? do. Yeah. I'm always eager to hear. Ramon, you are kind of an expert. Uh-oh. What's your area of expertise? Pushing these buttons and making you sound good. And matchbox cars. Well, Hot Wheels, but nevertheless. Oh, yeah. Hot Wheels, I'm sorry. Now, yes, you, please. Now, Zach, did you know that uh, Ramon has the world's largest Hot Wheels collection? I wouldn't call it world's largest. He now. lives in a very small world. That's true. Yes, I actually did know that. How many how many Hot Wheels cars do you think you have? Oh, couple here and there. <laughs> Roughly how many? Maybe 2000. That's embarrassing. Okay. It is. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. I am, believe me. I think I don't know. I'm about so that. glad this is being recorded for posterity. Experts, by the way. <laughs> these experts, experts say dogs can make 100 facial expressions. Did you know that? <laughs> Depends on where they're putting their face. And by the way, they're beating out Madonna now by 99. Boy, she does look odd. She's had a little work done. Yeah, wow. She looks like like one of those, uh, you remember that, there was like a Muppet, uh, oh, the one on the the Muppet show. She was the uh, guitar player or something from the Muppet band. You know, I am too old for the Muppet show. You're too old for it? I believe that was You're never too old for the Muppet uh, show. Well, that was Miss Piggy. Yeah, I was thinking of... uh, what, where the where did the Muppets originate? What was the show? Sesame Street. Correct. Yeah. Sesame Street. Yeah. Uh, but we digress. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, Often. now I, okay, we're going to do trivia. Would you like to do some trivia? Why not? Now, Madonna was born the same year as me, 1958. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Now, what other famous people were born in 1958? Zach, you want to take a stab at this? 1958. uh, Two of them are dead. No. 
I don't. I have no idea. Marlon Brando? No, he would <laughs> Michael be. Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Wow. Uh-huh. And uh, Prince. I wonder what their faces will look like by now. De- yeah. Decomposing. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably cut that out. Cut that out. No. <laughs> Whatever leave people say, not? cut that out, leave it in. <laughs> now, right, now Zach, the by the way, he's a real estate guy. He's got questions. What's your question answers. or comments? Zach, what do you got? I do. He's so, here. He's local, too. He's a local guy. Oh, really? I, I yeah. drove down to the studio. You guys he could have driven to down to the studio and then been on the fifth floor of the opulent, uh, fantastic, fearless agent building. The building, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, Zach, what do you got? Yeah, so my my question was in regard to backup offers and just talking to agents when they're calling about your listing, asking about offers that you have. or Like, I have a listing. We've accepted an offer already, a lady's inquiring about submitting a backup offer mm-hmm. i just want to know what i should tell her if i should you know what i can divulge to her and what i should divulge to her as far as price or terms or anything of the offer that, that she she's not that. allowed to know any inside information about the offer that you currently have because it wouldn't matter if it fell out for one Very thing true. Yeah. so uh what you would want to do is say, before I get into all of that, and I'm not going to, by the way, but before I get into all of that, uh, let me ask you about your buyer, may I? And then uh, she'd say yes. Say, is your buyer paying cash or are they getting a loan? Uh, do you happen to know on this particular instance? I don't. Okay. So let's say she says they're paying cash, then then that eliminates – worries about uh, large amounts of non-refundable earnest money and and any other things. Um, if, they, if they're getting a loan, then uh, hers might fall out for the very same reason the first one fell out, which is usually going to be the loan or uh, inspection issues. So um, one thing that's true that I think agents forget is that the a verbal offer is equally binding on the buyer as a written offer during the inspection period. So I would avoid putting it in writing. I try to agree on every single thing verbally, and then that doesn't lock the seller into that particular backup offer. So you could have more than one backup offer verbal, but you can only have one written. So there is a big advantage in doing uh, – and it's also friendlier if you don't – if you're not shooting paperwork back and forth all the time. So until you've agreed to everything. So the things that – and I would write these down. The priority of things to agree uh, on would be number one is the cash and the amount of it for down payment because everything – will hinge upon that ultimately. Second would be the price. Third would be the earnest deposit, the amount of it and its non-refundability. So non-refundable to me means no matter what tragedy befalls the buyer, the seller is protected. So the, for example, the buyer could die, but, uh, that's not a reason for the 
buyer to get their earnest money back. The buyer could not qualify for the loan. That would certainly not be a reason for the uh, earnest money to be refunded to the buyer. The only reason the, the, the buyer should get their earnest money back is if the seller defaults on the agreement and doesn't do what they said they were going to do. Like die. The seller could die. Okay. Do you do that? Like the verbiage? Is it right when... That's secret stuff that we don't talk about on the podcast. Okay. I I don't know if people know this. There are some secrets we don't talk about on the podcast. Very... Now, the personal stuff we're willing... I was going to say, like, how many Hot Wheels you own? (laughs) Right. right. That kind of stuff. Sure, that's that's, going to be made completely public, but... uh, but the way to the way to write up earnest non-refundable earnest money is something that every fearless agent learns. Um, for, for example, uh, what is the purpose of earnest money? It's to ensure the seller that the buyer is not going to break their promise, uh, either accidentally or on purpose. So it's called promissory money. You know, earnest. Uh, Earnest deposit. So, so if there is no excuse that would be good enough for not going through with the purchase, which you promised to do, that would allow me to give you your earnest money back, um, unless I felt sorry for you and wanted to, that'd be different. Uh, after the earnest money is as is, that means they are they are buying the property the way it is, and there will be no repairs. So as a fearless agent, I will not allow my seller to make any repair of any kind, no matter how small or trivial. Then there's the home inspection, yes or no. There may they, some, some buyers will waive the home inspection because they're sophisticated and they don't need one or they use that as a um, negotiating thing. Um, and then there is... Um, Closing date, which could be preferable sooner rather than later or vice versa. Then, then there's weird stuff like possession date, not at closing, like post-possession or personal property included or the buyer's willing to clean out the hoard and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So the moral of the story is when you're negotiating – things, uh, you don't need to worry about the post-possession if you can't even agree on the closing date. You don't need to agree on the closing date if you can't even agree whether there's going to be a home inspection or not. You don't need to worry about the home inspection if you can't even agree that the buyer is going to have to buy it as is or not. You don't need to worry about selling it to them as is if you can't agree on the amount of and the refundability of the earnest deposit. And you don't need to worry about the earnest deposit if you can't agree on the price. And you don't need to worry about the price unless you know the buyer has enough down payment horsepower to get the job done in the first place. So if you if you talk about all that stuff in order, so the first conversation you always want to have as a listing agent with a buyer or a buyer agent is, are you paying cash or are you getting a loan? They say they're paying cash. So that's, let's say that's not, or enough cash. That's not a problem. Then we'll agree on the price. Once we reach an agreement on the price, 
a good rule of thumb for the earnest deposit is 1% of the purchase price rounded up to the nearest thousand uh, per 30 days that you're taking me off the market. So if it's a $300,000 house, that'd be uh, 4,000 round up to the next thousand. And then um, he's backing up his uh, forklift, I believe, isn't he? Is that what that was? Zach, are you still with us, or have you dozed off? I, okay. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Said his warehouse right. part-time job. So uh, <laughs> then the so the, so if it's a sixty-day close, that would be eight thousand. And then, as is uh, is something that I like to talk about verbally. I don't want to write that in if I can avoid it. I just want to make sure the buyer and the buyer agent understands that there will be no repairs made. Uh, and there will not, and they can do all the repairs they want after closing by their guy, their way. So there's no uh, uh, liability for my seller or or the buyer agent. And then, and then that there there will be no renegotiating the price based on the findings in a home inspection. And then, is there going to be a home inspection? And then what is the closing date? So if you agree if you agree on all that stuff in order, then write it up. That's the way to go. That's professional. To not agree and to write it up and send paperwork back and forth 15 times to agree on all these minor points, that's ridiculous. It's unprofessional. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. For the down payment amount, um, I know you've talked about this several times, 40%. If if well, uh, it, it depends on okay. how how I'm priced. Uh, I would say this. A good rule of thumb is if a buyer is putting 40% or more down, you have no risk. The buyer has no risk in the appraisal coming in low at all probably. And if it did, the lender is not going to be asking them for more down payment payment money. To make the deal go through. So I don't want to take somebody, some buyer's down payment or excuse me, earnest deposit. I don't want to I don't want to take the buyer's earnest deposit and then have them not be able to go through with the purchase if they still wanted to. Mm. Then I would feel bad. Yeah. Now, if they didn't want to go through with it, then I don't feel bad about taking their earnest money because that's what earnest money is for. So the idea of refundable earnest money is a concept that no one could ever explain to me why it would exist in the first place. And the realtor's explanation would always be, because that's the way we always do it. Duh. That's not a good explanation. Everything that always happens in the real estate industry is almost always a bad idea. And it's almost always in the favor of the buyer. You might know the buyer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the uh, what I forgot to say is, um, uh, by the way, I need coffee. Do we have a uh, beverage? Oh, that's good coffee. Okay. So if we the 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 buyer's verbal offer, they could back out at any time. Uh, but they can also back out during any time during the inspection period and get their earnest money back, right? 
Now, after the earnest, the, after the inspection period, the earnest money would be hard because we know how to write that up correctly. But uh, so a verbal offer is just as good. So I, it's friendlier. I like to keep it friendly and just agree on everything, especially if you have more than one person bidding against um, other offers. Always do it verbally. It's a good idea to have a little cover sheet. On a little cover sheet, have the agent, the buyer agent's name and cell phone number. And then just write cash, price, earnest deposit, as is, home inspection, closing, and weird stuff. And then and then talk about those in that order, but only after only with the winning bidder would you ever mention the earnest deposit amount or its non refundability. Okay. After they're begging, and so we're in a we're in a market where the market is going down rather rapidly, uh, but you can create as many offers as you want. You know, you have the ability to make that happen in any market. So, mm-hmm. what other what was your, what was your other question you had? Well, so they don't need to know question. about the other offers, the other the, the the your first offer. Oh, when you're doing when you do write up a backup offer, it has to be subject to the cancellation of uh, a previous offer, and you need to write that in the counter. Must be okay, and, and that should have the date and the parties. Okay, and then. The, you have to write in the ability to when the, how they're going to be notified when that happens. So it would the, their the offer becomes offer the backup offer, a, a the the only offer upon the uh, dissolution of the previous offer. So you have to write that in there correctly. And when that okay. happens, you'll call me. Yeah, I think. Well, I think there's a form for that too. There may be. The, yeah, I think AAR has one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was going to ask a follow-up question, but I think... AAR is uh, not that old people thing, Ramon. <laughs> I've applied for the, the wrong thing, then. So Arizona Association of Retired oh, Police. No, no, it's uh, realtors, yeah. What was your other oh, question, well, Zach? Um, the other question was going to be, it kind of in regards to the non-refundable earnest money, like, do you make any mention of the appraisal in that? In that, no, because, well, no, because uh, the way the way we yeah. write up non-refundable earnest money, it eliminates. Uh, first of all, the word contingent means I get my earnest money back if. If so, when you have non-refundable earnest money, uh, obviously every. Uh, practically speaking, every offer is somewhat contingent upon the buyer not dying, right? But can, the word contingent means I get my earnest money back if X happens or X, you know. So once you have non-refundable earnest money, that has removed every contingency and there is no scenario in which they would get their earnest money back and you have to write that up correctly and only fearless agents know how to write that up correctly. Got it. So so can I call you? More secret <laughs> stuff that we don't divulge on the podcast. 
you know, really, people should sign up for coaching. They could go to Fearless Agent. We, now is now a time for a shameless this plug. This would be your shameless. It really would be a shameless good plug. Time for Bob Leffler's shameless plug. Now we're going to suck Zach into this. Zach, you're you're a coaching student. What would your recommend recommendation be to somebody if they're listening to the podcast and they're not yet a coaching student? What would you tell them to do? I would tell them to call you, give you a call, hear you out, and then sign up. Yeah. So if any of this stuff that we talk about here on the podcast makes sense to you, and that seems unlikely, but if it does, uh, and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you are open to the idea of having some help with that, go to fearlessagent.com. Watch our webinar there in the upper right-hand corner of the page. Click on that, and then you can call me anytime at my cell phone number at 480-385-8810, and we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. If it is, you will get rich. If it's not, we'll admit that, and I'm happy to still help you in any other ways I can, like the podcast. Um, and and then go to uh, the video training page uh, on the in the menu bar on on at fearlessagent.com. Watch that. Watch all those videos. That would be much better coaching for free than you would pay any other coach in America any amount of money for. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me. So again, fearlessagent.com. And now back to our show. What's your other question, Zach? You know, I don't actually have any other questions. Okay. Well, we were go- well I was going to talk today about uh, objection handling. I think we talked about that a week or two or three ago. Um, but sometimes people will say, uh, oh, we're in no hurry. Now, they're a real seller. I'm sure, Zach, you've bumped into people co-calling and they say, oh, yes, we're going to move, but we're really not in any hurry. And... Um, uh, and they just say that to make your heart sink, I think. Isn't that the, way, the way, reason they do that, Zach? They do it. It's personal. Yeah. So, um, so the reality is uh, when they're a real seller, like it's, they're, it's like for sure they're not going to be living in that house two years from today. There's zero chance of that. They could do it anytime. But they're in no hurry. So the, you know, the fearless agent objection handling track would be, you know, you mentioned something that worried me a little bit. Can I explain what I mean by that? And they'd say, yeah. You said you wanted to wait because you're not really in any hurry. Is that correct? And they say, yeah. You say, now you probably have a good reason for not wanting to do it sooner uh, what would be the major, you know, what what's the reason you have for not being in any any hurry? And then they say whatever they say, and it doesn't really sound fantastic. Keeping in mind also that people moving is not fun, so we're not in the business of talking people into moving. We're finding people who are going to move, and 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 then maybe illustrating why it might be a good idea to do it sooner if it is in fact a good idea for them to do it sooner. Maybe it's not. But, you know, then you'd say, well, what would be the major drawback if you were to, you know, sell your house sooner rather than later? What's what's the worst that could happen? 
And then they say something and it doesn't sound all that fantastic even them to say, if you knew a thousand percent for sure that by waiting you'd be losing a ton of money, would you have to wait? And they'd say, well, how in the world would I lose a ton of money by waiting? And then because we're fearless agents and we always get our question answered, you'd say, well, it wouldn't matter if you have to wait. Do you have to wait? And they go, no, we, don't, we wouldn't have to wait. Okay. Are you familiar with something called the financial timing risk analysis? No. Ah, okay. Well, here's, here's what that is. That's an exclusive tool that we use here at Fearless Agent Realty. It's kind of an aerial view look of all the different ways that the timing of the sale of your house would actually affect the amount on the check that I would be handing you at closing. So armed with that knowledge, you'd be able to keep from losing a ton of money. You might end up losing your dream home on the other end, costing yourself a bunch of needless heartache. Now, would something like that be of value to you? Yeah. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's find a time when I can come over. I'll take a look at your house, um, go through that that um, financial timing risk analysis worksheet, and then uh, we'll just take it from there and see if that would be a good idea. And I like to meet with people in the afternoons or the evenings. Do you guys have nine to five jobs? And then book the book the appointment. So the the financial timing risk analysis is nothing more than a reality check given a fancy name. Uh, but when you when you say to people, you know, you mentioned something that worried me a little bit. Can I explain what I mean? They go, yeah. And they say, you said you wanted to, you know, you're waiting, you're no, in no big hurry. Is that is that what you said? You're real, you're not in a hurry to move. Is that and you say that like you can't believe they said it? Okay. Now, what's the reason I can't believe they said it? Well, the reason I can't believe they said it is because we're in a market where the market is going down rather rapidly, and that will slow down and go down less rapidly, but then it will continue to go down maybe for five years. People can't imagine this that are listening, but I've lived through markets in real estate that went down for 10 years straight. And again, there are no short-term trends in real estate. So if I know it's going to harm them to wait, and I don't point that out in the, in the, in the most uh, set-up way, set, set it up so, they, so it's their idea, in other words. So they, you say, well, you probably have a good reason for not being in any hurry do you mind if I ask you what it is? And they go, well, you know, they say something doesn't sound good. What would be the major drawback if you if you were to do it now rather than wait for no great reason, it sounds like? And then they say, well, they say, is that the only thing? So, so if you knew for certain that you would be losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars by waiting, would you have to wait? No, I wouldn't have to wait. Okay. Now they're expecting me to argue with them, but the trick is I'm not. I'm just going to say, are you, are you familiar by any chance with something called the financial timing risk analysis? No. Ah, I think we might have found the problem. So, so what we're not going to do 
is sell them on not waiting on the phone. We're going to book an appointment to meet with them face-to-face, and then we're just going to point out the obvious drawbacks to waiting for no good reason and uh, and see if that doesn't change their mind. And if it doesn't, that's fine, but uh, at least they have all the information and no other agent would be able to explain that. And it's after you've showed them how you do business. So you go, you ring the bell, you smile, you pay them a compliment, you take them directly to the kitchen table, you break the ice, and then you do the expired list intro the way every fearless agent knows how to do. You you know do the preview of coming attractions to make them feel comfortable with what's going to happen, and then you go through all the steps, and then if they never bring up the waiting, just go ahead and list it. If they do bring it up, then you could do the financial timing risk analysis. For example, the rates might go up. Zach, did you know the rates might go up? I did. Yeah. In fact, they've doubled in the last three months. Now, they might not, but they might. So let's say you're financing $200,000 on the next house you buy, okay? Now, if they're paying cash, this wouldn't matter. But if they're financing it, not all of these would would be for every situation. But if they're financing $200,000 and the rates go up 1%, how much is that? 2000 for those of you who suck at math, that's $2,000. Now, how, Mr. and Mrs. Seller... How long do you plan on living in your next home? Oh, we're going we're gonna to be there forever. Well, let's say it's only 10 years. That's $20,000 that you're flushing down the toilet just because you waited for no good reason because you weren't in a hurry. So then I'd write $20,000 on my legal pad. Now, you know what? The new home could cost more. Even in a declining market, sometimes new homes, if they're buying a brand new home, might go up. Maybe not. Your home could be worth less. Now, in this market, when things are going down, you know, you're at 350000 ish today. If you wait for no good reason for a year, let's say, how much less do you think your house might be? And they, they might say, oh, 25000 Well, let's say, let's say it's only half that. Let's just say it's ten grand. That's ten grand. Uh, there's losing speculation time. Finally, when you when you uh, find the house that you do want to buy, and then you get in a hurry to uh, put this one on the market, you you'd have you might end up selling it for less because you're in a hurry. Let's say that's ten grand. Uh, but your air conditioning could go out. Your air conditioning breaks. That's five grand or more. Uh, just because you waited, and that could have been you and the other house, and the buyer of this house could have paid that. So you might end up uh, repairing and losing money. Uh, there's a thing called lost in the shuffle, which uh, Floyd taught me, which is uh, at right right uh, after the first of the year. People, when they say, oh, we want to wait till after the first of the year, but more and more houses are coming on the market every month now. You get lost in the shuffle. That could cost you five grand or ten. Then there's if it's if it's a vacant house, it could be vacant month, monthly maintenance, um, or then double house payment is is a situation in some situations. So then you would total up their total potential loss, and then say, let me let me just go through the math here. 
we're going to do this and this and this and this. So it's probably a maximum potential of $50,000 just because you're in no hurry, right? So it's expensive to not be in a hurry in this market. Now, in some, in some situations, maybe they're better off by waiting. If they were selling a house that's going down in value, like my house is going down in value, Ramones, are you a homeowner, Zach? Yep. Okay, so your house is going down. But let's say we were selling our houses and we were moving to an area farther out on the outskirts of town. Well, that would be going down faster. And let's say we were paying cash. We're selling our house. We owe, owe no money on it. And we're going to buy by paying cash for that house that's far out on the outskirts of town, which is plummeted in value much faster because it is farther from town. Then in that case, not being in a hurry would benefit me. But that's pretty uncommon. But if they're financing it or they're moving closer to town – or they're, um, let's say, um, upsizing, then then everything the, the math is just a not time is not on their side. I would I would say it that way, if that makes sense. Now we're we coming up against the clock here. Do you have any final questions you have, Zach? I do. It's kind of it's not on this topic though. It's it, okay. Hopefully, it can be quick. Mm-hmm. If you got a so I have a. Um, past client, they've done a lot of a lot of deals with me, a lot of real estate. Um, they've referred me a friend who's moving in from out of town. She's coming from Oregon, but she's three. She better K. be a Republican. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think she is. Oh, from Oregon, there's <laughs> zero chance. Yes, from Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, but she's she's talk, we've been talking. She's coming in April. Hey, I want to check out Florence, Coolidge, Maricopa, all the outskirts because her price point is so low. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has no idea where she wants to be. She's only been here like one time and wants to check out like the entire Maricopa and Pinal, like everywhere. You know, I would fake my own death to get out of talking to her, but that's just me. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to ask you. How do you handle perhaps passing off of a referral from, you know, I don't want to look bad to the clients that referred her, but I don't know her, you know, I don't know, I don't know the woman who's coming into town, and it's not that it's, I can do it. It's Well, I would meet with her face-to-face in your office, okay, and then, and, and then see, and, and let her know, here's the parts of town that you want to live in, here's the parts of town you don't want to live in. And then those surrounding towns, which are uh, literally in the middle of nowhere, every one of those. What were the ones you named? You named Maricopa. Maricopa. Did you hear about that tornado they had in Maricopa the other day? No. It did $3 million worth of improvements. <laughs> That's a Scottsdale yeah. snob joke. Ramon is shaking his head. Yes, I know that, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. But I, 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 I think you need to counsel her on real estate. Here's, here's what I would say to her, and you should write this down. Real estate is about getting rich because you can rent a place to live. 
So yeah. to buy today in this market in Maricopa, it could be 20 years before the house in Mar- – let's say – let's say here's – an, here's another little thing. Take a take a uh, uh, a million-dollar house. In a market like this, million-dollar houses go to 500000 So when the million-dollar house in a couple of years is selling for five hundred, how much percentage did it go down in value? 50. 50. Now, things go down in value faster than they go up, a lot faster. So this, this market is showing us that. It's going down rapidly. So the, there are many million-dollar homes out there that will be selling for five hundred. You'll see foreclosures again and short sales and all that crap. So now, for the five hundred thousand-dollar house that she paid a million for to go back up to a million, what percentage does it have to go up? One hundred. Right. And that's just to break even, and that doesn't cover the cost of buying and selling, which are about 20% of the, the whole thing. So it it's an expensive proposition. Maybe renting uh, might be the way to go until she kind of gets her wits about her. And is she, okay. she going to be employed? She is, yeah. yeah she well, is. knowing where she's going to be employed, does she work from home? She is work from home, and, and she's satellite so she goes to different if she's got to go out in the field she goes a different place every time she goes well those places are pretty far you know oregon is a uh, i believe is a significantly smaller state than arizona of that i'm pretty I, sure so arizona is a huge yeah. state so those outlying towns are pretty far away so you, the price of gas doesn't appear to be going down anytime soon. So you'd have to factor that in too. So I would, I would have her consider that. And just like let's say you want to have fun and you're in Maricopa. Uh, in fact, if you wanted to have fun, you would never go to Maricopa. I have never yeah. gone to Maricopa for fun. That's where I would go to wear a hoodie and write a 30,000-word manifesto when I'm the Unabomber. <laughs> Right, oh. build a cabin. Yeah, so uh, it, it's expensive to have. You'd have to drive to Phoenix to have fun, <laughs> or Tucson yeah. by the yeah. time you're down there. True. All right, Zach, we're going to plug you, Zach Himmelberger, the biggest name in real estate. You can call him toll free day or night with your referrals to Phoenix Metro area six zero two five four zero six two five zero toll free day or night. Am I right, Zach? You're right. And once again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. If you are a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, you can call me about that too. Go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com. Watch my video there and then give me a call. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on whatever platform you're on. And until next week... Do what Zach and I always do. And Ramon, we always have fun. We always stay humble. Most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Three-star 
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.